Hello, my friend. You are listening to Thai Pod episode number 29. And oh my goodness, I am so excited about today's episode because we are joined by Mariela de la Mora. As a brand and business coach, Mariela helps high-achieving women own their story and build a purpose-driven brand so they can scale soulful online businesses. And before making the leap to full-time entrepreneurship this year, she spent 15 years leading and helping Fortune 500 companies and startups to build profitable brands while recruiting, growing, and leading award-nominated marketing teams all the way from Cali to the UK. So obviously that meant learning how to effectively lead both in-person and remote teams across time zones. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Thai Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Thai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So, Settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Tai. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TiePod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. Oh my goodness, we are going to get into some really good things today. Mariela, I would love if you could just introduce yourself to everybody and tell us all about what has brought you here right now. Hi, yes, I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, it's hearing your own story out loud is like, whoa, yeah, I did that. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So gosh, it's been a crazy ride. Because although now I'm an online entrepreneur, I feel like it's um, it's at the tail end of just like such a crazy journey. So my entrepreneurial journey now is just, it's pretty new because I did just go full-time into my business in March, but I'm bringing all of the goodness from everything that I've ever done. And um, as a marketing and business coach, I feel like I get to bring that strategy, which is great, but as you probably know, like what is actually most meaningful to me was really leading teams and mentoring them. And that's something that I can bring into coaching, right? And so I was like, how can I do more of what I love the most, which was mentoring and bringing up teams and create a whole career around it. So um, that's ultimately a lot of what caused me to leave that and say, I want to really feel purposeful in what I do um, and do more of what I love and less of what I don't. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like always the goal, right, is just finding that purpose and building a business around it. And I love that that is a big piece of what you stand for. Yeah, definitely. Um, And so I said, it is. It's like I love the marketing journey. I spent 15 years um, marketing from I mean, I worked for like a pretty large recruit or a recruitment agency in London just before um, going full time. Um, And before that, I, you know, worked at some Fortune 500 companies. And I just felt like, you know, there was just something missing um, for sure. And I think that 
in a way, this has been the most difficult part um, because there's no structure, like no one's telling you what to do, right? Um, so I think that that is the scariest part, but it's just, it's been the most rewarding, like absolutely, um, to be able to kind of take everything that I know and then now say, okay, throw out the script. Like, what do you want your business to look like? Absolutely. So I want to shift just a little bit because you kind of touched on it, but like, you know me, I'm a leadership nerd, so I'm ready to just like dive straight into this. So you already know mm-hmm. what I'm getting at here. Yes. <laughs> but I would just love to talk about like the 15 years you spent in the industry and what that leadership journey looked like and how that's kind of translated to some of the work you do right now. Yes. So um, my leadership journey, as far as leading other people, really started five years ago. I intentionally avoided avoided leading other people at the beginning. There was just something about it that I was like, gosh, I don't want to be responsible for someone else. Like, what if I don't do a good job? Like, I just really already valued leadership so much that it kind of freaked me out a little bit. And so the first few years, I didn't. Um, I didn't lead people. It wasn't until I co-founded a dating app um, called Nectar. It was a socially conscious dating app. And so a friend of mine and I started it and we said, what's missing from the dating scene? You know, meaningful connections. All right, we're going to change the world. And obviously you cannot do that on your own. And so we sort of fell into it and was like, okay, how do we hire? How do we get interns? Let's create positions. How are we going to create content? How are we going to get PR? So that was my first kind of experience in actually leading other people in figuring out how to recruit. How do you partner with universities um, to create internships? And at the same time, (laughs) at the same time of those five years ago, I also um, moved to London um, with my ex-husband. And um, I got my job as a head of marketing for a really large recruitment agency in London called Off to Work. And I was their very first marketing hire. And so it was up to me to kind of see what does the business need? What kind of a team do I need around me in order to achieve this company's goals? And so basically built Nectar and kind of helped this company scale at the same time. So this was like really, really long hours. But I had to learn how to recruit. Funny enough, I was working at a recruitment agency, but I still did all my own recruiting. And so (laughs) that was a ride and a half. Like, honestly, it's no one prepares you for that. That's really when I look back at it now, I'm just like, gosh, how did I do this without a mentor? You know, I mean, obviously a lot of mistakes, but that's where it started was five years ago was really building these two companies side by side and figuring out how do you lead? How do you motivate? How do you grow and develop them? How do I become the best leader I can be? Um, is, is what, is, is what I learned from, you know, five years ago to now. Wow. So talk about jumping in the deep end. And I wasn't even I wasn't planning on asking you this, but it struck me, you know, the fact that you're doing this in two companies simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And you happen to be the woman who is like many, many, many people who actively listen to this podcast. They listen because they know that they're going to have to have a team one day. Mm -hmm. But somewhere deep inside, I feel like most of us do have that fear in that resistance around like, oh, my God, like I have to be responsible. So that was my very long-winded way of asking you, what was like the most surprising part or unexpected challenge that came from being the woman who was terrified of it to the woman who was like, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. (laughs) The most surprising challenge, I think, honestly, was me getting out of my own way. Um, Mm. Because I think that a lot of this was stories I was telling myself. And it, I, a lot of this was my own self-awareness. So I, before, like back then, I think that I would have described myself as being 
massive, massive perfectionist and also codependent, which means that that is not a good combination when you're leading people because perfectionism, I mean, there's just no room for that when you're leading a team because especially when it's a small company or a startup or when it's your own business, you kind of need to recruit people that can figure stuff out with you and kind of grow with you and fail forward. We used to use the term fail forward a lot um, when we had um, Nectar, the dating app. And I really struggled with that. And then the codependency, you know, affected me because I felt personally responsible for like every single person being, you know, happy and like their outcomes, everything all the time. And I I avoided having hard conversations. I avoided having hard Mm. conversations and that did not help me because I would be like, oh no, it's fine you know, you didn't have a chance to get to that, or that's not exactly what I asked for, but it's okay. And that just did not serve me. So I think that the most surprising journey was like, I got in my own way, because the things that I had been avoiding about myself and my own self-awareness and development were massively amplified when I started leading people. Yes. Oh my goodness. So you listening to this right now, it's only been a couple of minutes and there is such gold in everything this woman just said. I love it. I'm really excited already. And I know that was an aside, but I already told you, we knew when we were going to get on the podcast together that we were going to be geeking out together. Oh, yes. There's so much on this topic. Okay, so let's pivot just a smidgen because what I am really, really interested in diving deep with you is on the realities of leading across time zones because this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with. Not many put a lot of thought into it. And I know that you have this incredible, unique, and very deep experience with that. So can you just like give us the high level overview of it and then we'll dive a little deeper? Yeah, so first, just to kind of give an overview of how I led um, across time zones was um, when I was living in London and I was working for the recruitment agency, I was I was going into work at the actual office. So I had a team there, but I also had my startup, which was based in San Diego. So I had a team there. And when I moved back to California, it was in the reverse. So I always have had a team that like was not physically there, but I've also had a team that was physically there. And, you know, there's so much about it that I would say that, first of all, the type of people that thrive in those environments, sometimes someone can thrive in both, but some people really will say, I need somebody there. I need to have a team like right there in front of me. Or I, I, you know, and other people will say, no, I don't want to be restricted. I want to have freedom. I want to be able to like, you know, choose my hours. So I think that part of that was realizing that, you know, some of my team, when I moved away, like really struggled with that, whereas other ones were fine. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the people and what they prefer and kind of how they work um, matters. But also I found that when it was a remote team, they really, really have to believe in your mission. Like they have to feel aligned with what you're doing. And that comes down to you as a leader, right? It's picking people who, when they talk about you and your company, they say, we, they're like, oh my gosh, like one thing that I think we can do or an idea that came to mind, we can do this. Because that's something that you can't pay enough money to someone to care and to feel passionate and to share that passion with you. And those are the things that bridge the time zones. Those are the things that will bridge a team, you know, is, is, is having that shared um, sense of mission. So I feel like with a remote team, what you're really doing is you're recruiting someone who believes, you know, in your mission and your values as much as you do. Um, Not just somebody who's good at a particular task. 
Uh, and there's so much, but that's probably the one that stood out to me the most. And I literally have like a whole list of things, but I'm like, let me take a break there because there, there is so much. Um, but I'd say that that was the main thing. Um, it, we used to say this at my last company that, um, hire the attitude, train the skill. And it wound up being, um, it wound up being so true with like leading the remote teams as you hire the attitude and almost like the work ethic and the values, and then you train the skill. I think that that is such a good thing to like narrow in on. And I love that you brought it up because there, I mean, we all, most of us, I know that most of our audience listening right now are online business owners. And Mm -hmm. that is kind of the name of our game, right? And just because we thrive and we are so uber committed to our businesses, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, when I'm chatting with them about hiring, they're super worried that like, you know, how am I going to make sure they're as committed as I am. And one part of that reality is, well, you're the business owner. So it's like your children, Mm -hmm. you know, the nanny's going to love your children, but like, I don't know if she would throw herself in front of a bus quite the way the mom will. (laughs) That's such a good (laughs) analogy. I'm like, listen, (laughs) that's still your business at the end of the day. So that's Yeah. It's, it's your baby, your business. You know what I mean? But I love what you're getting at here with like, if you can find people that are truly excited and motivated behind what it is that you're bringing into the world, it is going to impact what it's like to work with them virtually across time zones and all of those like layers of complexity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that it depends obviously on um, what the role is for. Um, I tended to hire a lot of kind of earlier stage people that were early stage careers. So like maybe you know, two years of experience, something like that, where they had just enough, but Mm -hmm. they really still craved that like mentorship. And they really were excited by the prospect of working in a business that was still evolving and growing. They did not want, they didn't want a predictable, you know, outcome. They didn't want to know exactly what they were going to, you know, be doing every week. They loved the idea that three months from now, their, their role would look different. That was exciting to them. And some people don't like that. And that that's challenging. If you hire someone who like does not do well with change and you bring them into a small business and you're just like, oh, okay, you know, something changed with the launch. Like we're, we're going to change something and then they start to break out. So I think that like the personality match really mattered a lot, not just because of the stage of business, but because they didn't have like a physical team that they were, you know, there and, and I wasn't there. So there's a lot about that too, that, that made it more challenging if you didn't, you know, have the right people on board. Um, Ooh, very good point. Yeah. I also found that this was kind of surprising to me that like they wanted to bond with each other like as it's like that that wasn't like a chore they were just like no we want to hang out and like we'd have to you know we we started scheduling calls that weren't about work you know where it would just be like let's just check in with each other see how everyone's doing and I would let them do that without me sometimes um that the team actually wound up kind of keeping them together and that by me inserting myself in the middle all the time, I was actually blocking them from developing relationships and actually creating synergy amongst the team. So that was one thing that I had to learn is figure out how and when I can step back and actually let them work stuff out and how I can give them ownership versus tasks, because that also made them feel a lot more involved um, and part of something um, rather than, okay, I ticked my stuff off in Asana for the day and like, I guess I can check out, you know? Um, so yeah. a lot of that really, that, that sense of belonging, creating that community and that sense of belonging in a virtual team is really important. So I'm curious as for your perspective on this. So both of your teams, although you were leading across different time zones, they were all in the same time zone, correct? Sometimes yes and no. So when I had my startup, um, they, we were all in different places. Um, and basically we, 
you know, we used Slack and we used project management, um, you know, channels. Um, Mm -hmm. So everyone was different there. Off to work, there was a good chunk of them that were there. But then I did have someone in India. um, And then I, um, someone else in Birmingham, like right in the middle of England, the rest were in London, then I was in California. So it would be like maybe three were in one office, one was in another and one was in an entirely different continent. Um, So it was a little little (laughs) bit of a sprinkle. Um, But what wound up happening is like the ones that were in the office together, everyone else kind of felt like, oh, gosh, like I'm left out, you know, like, they're going out and they're doing stuff and I'm not I'm not there. And so that wound up being a challenge. And so I started to really realize the importance of feeling like, how can I create an environment where everybody feels like they still belong and that they're still bonding and they're not left out. So um, there were so many different challenges, but that was definitely one of them um, is just kind of having them sprinkled all over the place. And how do you keep that? you know, keep that team together. And it's obviously different, I think, in corporate where everyone is working full time than it would be in an online business where people are working part time and maybe not, you know, always working on the same thing. So I, that I fully recognize, but um, a lot of it, I think, still applies. Absolutely. And I, I like that you did bring up, you know, I, I do all of the mindset stuff and talking just like philosophically is great, but I do like to key in on like some hot little tips and like actionable items that people can do right away. So I love that you brought up like project management system and Slack and this and different ways that your team can actually maintain connection with one another, whether Mm -hmm. or not you're involved as the leader. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Those Slack communities, that was, that was like fire. Like I'd wake up and there'd be a ton of stuff going on in there and they'd be brainstorming and they just bonded. And so, yeah, the Slack community was, was major at my um, recruitment agency. We used WhatsApp and they had a WhatsApp, you know, thread. So um, that constant, like the ability for them to communicate, I think um, really helped with, with that and bridging time zones as well. Beautiful. And this is just like a totally random aside, but um, I was working with a leader and they were talking to me about their Slack channels. And one of the really fun things that their team did, un- totally unprovoked, and I think it's really similar to what you're talking about here in terms of they were just craving actually knowing each other and connecting mm. in that human way. Mm-hmm. So they started they started a separate thread and it's all memes. And that's just <laughs> something that that team thought was great. And I know like we do that with our friends all the time, but it tickled me so much to know that like this team on their own accord without the bosses, like pushing them to do it was like, I I want a meme thread. (laughs) Yes. I love that because that's the thing is like, there's no right or wrong way. Like we're just here bonding and like laughing and getting to know each other. Like, yeah, you do have to have that sometimes. It actually made me think about, um, in my team, there were times that we held our, cause you know, we had to obviously use video. Um, Mm -hmm. we would meet on Facebook video and put filters in like so there's just like different ones where there's like a cat on your head or there's like pizza (laughs) rain or something and it would just be like we would hold our entire like team meetings on Facebook video with different filters and it was just like sometimes you just have to I think especially when things are crazy you're Mm -hmm. just like how can we just laugh together right now so that we don't like keep from like losing our minds, you know? Oh my God. Yes. I personally, I am the leader who is liable to get on an entire team meeting with a face mask and people will (laughs) laugh the whole time. And I'm just like, yo, it is what it is, guys. Like, welcome to the humanity. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, listen, or sometimes it's just like, listen, it's Friday and we've had like a really long week and, you know, like bring your drink to the call and let's like do some stuff. Because it is, it's just like, those are the things that you have in an office, right? So like, we had a Friday drinks meeting, 
um, a few months ago. This was like right after. I, it's funny because I still had meetings with them even after like I left just to like bond. You know that that was that was really nice that they actually still wanted to spend time with me after I left. But because <laughs> of um, COVID and because the office like shut down and everything, like we used to have Friday drinks in the office and um, we still kept having them. So like the team decided we're going to still have them even though like the office is shut down and we're just going to catch up. And um, yeah, it was it was really fun. And they even used to like roast each other where somebody would catch like a screenshot like a weird screenshot of someone and then they would like make memes out of the person's face or something and I'm like (laughs) let me just get out of this but they would roast each other in a way that like siblings do and a lot of times I felt like they were my kids so I kind of learned to navigate between like where do I get involved and where do I kind of step back because there is that careful thread that I wanted to kind of tread between being their boss and their leader and like bonding with them. And so that I sort of learned what felt right. But there were some times where I just stepped back and I was like, let me let them have this, you know? (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, um, I think you just bring up like a really good point, just with all of these different examples that we've talked about as we're like laughing our way through this part of the, the episode is the fact that like different teams also have different cultures and it's yes. not necessary. like it's up to us as the leaders to influence them obviously because the tone is set at the top but yes. at the same time like it's all about the group of people that you put together and we're yes. never quite sure what that culture is going to look like <laughs> yeah and that's why even when you're recruiting you think about how is this person going to fit in with the rest of the team and you don't necessarily want to bring people that's like everyone else that's not even right. necessarily the thing it's just that there was always like a common bond like that was one thing that I thought about was like would this person let their guard down and just be funny and could they could they deal with like the whatsapp thread could they like <laughs> you know be the first person to drop like the best gif like in response to like what's happening right now like those are just like somebody with a sense of humor that doesn't take themselves too seriously but works hard those are the sorts of things I would look for but the team was super diverse but it was like a personality match you know and that I really loved it's like those intangibles sometimes it's hard to describe but um with the virtual team that that definitely mattered a lot it was like that humor that kept them together you know absolutely and uh I feel like you've touched on this a bunch of times but there are those nuanced differences between what it's like to do that personality mesh for in-person, like totally traditional teams versus virtual teams. And I'm wondering if anything else comes to mind for you, just like in the differences across, you know, leading teams of different time zones versus leading the teams that you've led personally that were, you know, closer together. Yeah. So I would say that um, when it's a virtual team and they're not like right there with you. So um, there are certain things that I actually wove into my um, recruitment process to kind of ask these situational questions, like these psychographic questions. But the people that I would look for that I think do really well are the ones who enjoy solving problems, who actually go and try to figure stuff out before they ask. And that's important because you're not sitting right next to them. You're not even necessarily in the same time zone where they could default to asking you first. So people who are constantly teaching themselves things and people who like to solve problems tend to do well because they won't get flustered by something going wrong or they won't get flustered by not knowing the answer because it's like, instead of saying, I don't know how to do this, they're like, okay, how can I figure out how to do this? And that's really different. Um, So then by the time you log on in the morning, they've told you either, 
hey, I encountered this issue and I figured it out. Or, hey, I encountered this issue. I tried this, 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 and this. I figured this out. I just have this one question for you. And that is such a different question to receive than someone who's like, oh, I tried and I, I hit a wall and I couldn't figure it out. So that's a super important thing is really looking for those problem solvers who are excited by those challenges and who are always teaching themselves things because um, it's just going to bring so much more to your team. So I'd say that is one. And I think another person, another thing that I would say is almost because I look for like things like emotional intelligence um, as well. Um, and just someone who like likes to take ownership um, of things as opposed to you kind of telling them what to do. And you know, it just popped in my head, like as I'm as I'm listening to you and you're talking about like emotional intelligence and having a sense of autonomy and like, you know, actually owning your role to some extent and not just like twiddling your thumbs and waiting for somebody. Yeah. So I just want to bring it to light, like put it in context, right? Can you imagine if somebody was like a five hour difference mm -hmm. and they were waiting for you to tell them exactly what to do yeah. before they were willing to try it themselves? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. Guys. And like, that... let's put this in context. <laughs> that That is what she's talking about right now. And that is a big deal. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's frustrating. And the thing is, is that those are things that I, you, you have to ask these questions. So I would literally ask the question, tell me about a time you had no idea how to do something. What did you do? Mm -hmm. I leave it super open-ended. And then they're like, oh, I don't know. And then if they say they ask their boss, I'm like, mm okay, that's not going to work for me. It's fine that you ask me, but I want to hear them tell the story of what they did first. And yeah. so I'll ask them these open-end questions. So yeah, like, tell me about a time you didn't know how to do something. How did you do it? The other is, or how did, you know, and what have you taught yourself recently? So I want people who are constantly teaching themselves new things, not, oh, I don't know. I haven't done that yet. Cause I haven't had a, a client ask me that, or an employer ask me to do that. It's like, well, Go teach yourself how to do it because I'm always teaching myself new skills and that person's going to be more valuable to you over the long term as well because they like learning and they're not going to be like, oh, I've never done this before. Therefore, I don't know how to do it. And I've ended up hiring people like that. And it's been a really, really <laughs> frustrating because they're the same person on day one as they are in like month six. And it's just it's it's frustrating because it's there's some things that you can develop and you tr I obviously have tried, but then there's some people who just don't want to do that. So it's, it's a careful balance of, it's a careful balance of the people, you know, who, who actually enjoy doing the things that would be challenging to others um, in not only a small business, but, you know, being across time zones. And I think you're, you're so right in that, especially if you are a leader listening right now and you have a learning orientation, like, I feel like that's really what you're getting at is like, you need to understand how you are and think if you hire this person six months from now, like she just said, are you still going to be impressed if they don't change at all? Because if they answer mm. that question incorrectly mm -hmm. and this person is not growing and you are like this beautiful woman talking to us right now, and you're always growing and always learning and always developing, it is going to frustrate the heck out of you. Yeah. You are so right. I just had to highlight it because mm -hmm. like that was golden. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't always want to be the giver and the haver of all knowledge. You can't succeed mm -hmm. that way. You can't grow that way. And you don't want to do that. I want you to teach me stuff eventually. You know what I mean? I want you to be like, hey, you know what? You're really good at developing content. Like, what do you think? You know, or hey, figure that out. What I want to hand you over a level of responsibility and just come back and tell me what you think. Like not, I don't know, what should I do? You know, and that's great sometimes but yes it will frustrate you to no end otherwise <laughs> so. oh my god absolutely <laughs> i 
I always tell people, like, especially depending on the role, there are some things I want to hire an expert. Like, I want you to teach me, man. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't want to be. And, and the thing is, if you know more than everybody on your team, that's a problem. Like, that's not you actually don't want that. And there's some yeah. stuff I can do, but I don't want to do it. So I'm like, hire people who are more excited about doing the stuff you don't like to do, <laughs> who are going to yes. come to you with some techie solution. And I'm like, cool. I don't even know what that was about, but awesome. <laughs> like, go ahead and run with it. Cause I, that is not my thing. You know, let them be geeking out on the stuff you don't even like to do. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> a- amen to that. Okay. <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Interact. Remember those BuzzFeed quizzes like, what type of ice cream are you? Yeah, Interact is a tool for creating quizzes just like those. Except it also acts as a way for your business to generate leads and build that oh-so-important email list. I use it to host my quiz, What's Your Enneagram Leadership Type? With hundreds of ready-made templates and the option to create unlimited quizzes from scratch, you will literally have hundreds of opportunities to attract the right clients, especially new ones. Don't miss out on this beautiful opportunity to grow your business in a fun and unique way. You can sign up for Interact today by heading on over to the show notes and getting a link to create your first quiz for free right now. That's right. I said it is free 99 to create your first quiz. It doesn't get much better than that. We are, look, we told y'all we were going to nerd out and we were going to get really deep. So you've been warned, okay? (laughs) Yes. And as we're talking, I'm like even thinking about like more specifics because I know that you asked me about specifics. And there's just one more thing I wanted to drop where I was like, use use of video to answer your team's questions is super important. Because if you're in an Asana task and they've asked you something, sometimes you can type out the answer. But you know what I would do late because it was late night. And I'd just be like, you know what? I'm just going to put the camera on myself and I'm going to answer the question in video because I'm tired of typing today. And they actually appreciated that because they're like, I feel like you were talking to me. Like, you know, it kind of extends your one-on-one time. I, I do that in coaching as well. So getting creative with like how you make your team feel like you're there and you're spending time with them like as their leader and you're answering their questions, you can convey so much more. So I just got real friendly with like Vidyard and all of the tools um, to answer questions. And um, yeah, and just using videos and then just scheduling check-ins that were just for them and getting really creative with the time because I had someone in India who was 13 and a half hours ahead. And so we would schedule calls at night for me just to have a check-in so she can feel seen and heard. And I was surprised she wanted to do that, but she did. And sometimes it was a 15 minute call and it made a big difference, you know? So just the one-on-one time, if you can't do it on the phone all the time, send them a video response if you can. Ooh, yes. Okay. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Okay. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not hard to answer, but the the answer that I get on this question varies very dramatically from leader to leader. Okay. Okay. Especially in the context, because we are focused in really heavily on those virtual teams who may have some different time zones in the mix, right? Mm -hmm. What is your belief around how often you need to be having team meetings? I honestly think that number one, it depends what's going on and how quickly things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, because if things are constantly changing, people might actually be silently freaking out and not telling you, then you might need to do like, <laughs> Hey, let's hop on, let's hop on a call like for 15 minutes. Um, otherwise I actually find that when you don't need it, it, it doesn't really help. Um, cause I used to try to have them like weekly or biweekly and other times it was just sort of like, we don't really need these. So I, I feel like it's good to have them, but decide if you need them. 
That way no one can say they're not available, but there's kind of like a standing time that we say that at the beginning of that week, do we need it or not? And maybe do we don't need half an hour. Maybe we need 15 minutes. Maybe we need five minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's just so many ways that we can be in touch now that don't involve having everybody on a call that I think it honestly depends on what's going on. Um, Yes. I love that. I love. Okay. That's a good answer though. Cause I love that there was like a tip embedded in there, which is still to establish like the weekly or biweekly schedule Mm -hmm. at minimum and then just evaluate it. I think that was a, that was a hot tip. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, because if you don't create the container, it's not going to happen. And then people are going to say they're not available. And if somebody's mm-hmm. like, hey, Wednesday doesn't work for me this week in case we were going to have our call, then we might be like, ah, you know what? Don't worry about it. We're not going to have it. Like, we just did a quick check in and I think we're good. Or if you do, like, pass along your questions, but create the container, see if you need it, see if you actually need that much time. Um, and then I think everything else aside from that, you kind of can gauge the situation. Absolutely. And again, I we've got to highlight this one, especially in this online space. I think that that's so important because earlier you made the comment that, you know, as online entrepreneurs, our teams typically are not full time. They're not dedicated full time to our businesses. So you do like it's more important for this particular niche in this industry for you guys to do that. That's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing, you know, if you can just find that those 15 minutes, there's times we've had that and someone was literally like in an Uber heading to an airport another one was at home and we were all in different places but just having everyone see each other for like those 10 minutes just mattered a lot and it's like okay cool if someone needs to drop off go ahead and drop off you know the rest of us will stay on but the the container um the container was really important to have it absolutely um I can't help it. You know, you know, I'm like really excited by all of this stuff. So <laughs> I've just got to I've just got to throw in and add to the conversation what I've seen a couple of other leaders do because everybody has their own style. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have seen a leader who when they don't do the video check in, they have like this pre-scheduled thing that gets posted in their Slack channel, which will say, you know, like, what's your priority this week? What's this? What's that? And they'll ask like top three questions and everybody will just respond to that same thread. Bam boom done everybody knows where everybody's at so that is a really easy one I love and then yeah that one's good it's just like straight to the point it's for Mm -hmm. one of those weeks where it's like it's very light we're just checking in it's no big deal yeah and then a fun one that I heard of I, I I like video so like this one is really fun to me but people sent in like a super short 15 to 45 second clip basically doing the same thing like hey this is what I'm up to this week yada 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 they all sent it to the leader popped it in a powerpoint posted that in the channel oh, bam I everybody watches it. it on their own time and you still get to see each other's face but you can do it on your own schedule which is also really cool that I love because there isn't a need for when there isn't a need for dialogue or decision making you absolutely can do that and let people do that on you know consume that on their own time post it on their own time and say all right by Monday you know we're gonna share it but yeah absolutely and you get to see everybody's pretty face and yeah. that makes my heart happy, you know? <laughs> it does. It does. I think that any of the tools that let you just contribute, ask questions, bond, whatever on your own time is always really good. And then you reserve those in person for like, when do we need to have dialogue? Kind of like a coaching call, right? Like there's what happens in Boxer and then there's what happens on an actual coaching call where you're going back and forth about stuff. Yes, that's a really good analogy for that. Mm-hmm. Super good. 
Okay. So let's talk about, ooh, what do I want to talk about next? Okay. <laughs> I want to hear from you something that like you just wish you would have known. I feel like you have touched so many different areas of leadership. <sighs> I love talking to people like you, but yeah. just tell me something you wish you would have known in like your early years. Honestly, I think that, wow. I thought I was going to answer this differently earlier, um, but as our conversation came up, I think one thing that came to mind, it was a little bit more of a harsher um, reality, which is how you know that it's more true, um, Mm -hmm. that giving, when I had to have those, when I learned how to effectively have those really hard conversations, when I did have to have them, either because someone just, their heart wasn't in it anymore, or because they were going through something personal and didn't want to tell me and it was affecting their work, or for whatever reason, they really appreciated that being brought up. I don't want to say called out because it wasn't always that. I generally would be like, hey, let's talk. Like, I, I'm noticing like something's up, something's off. Talk to me. What's going on? And really like looking at them on the face and being like, come on, let's talk to me. The, And then me sometimes having to come back with harsh, like constructive criticism and not letting them off the hook, they appreciated it. And I was like so terrified to have these conversations before. And even once people have left my team afterwards and gone and some of them have started businesses, they still are are in touch with me and they'll thank me for that. And so don't be afraid of having these hard conversations because that is where like the growth comes in. That's where the mentorship comes in. You will intuitively know, do I need, do they need a gentle call out? Or Mm -hmm. do you need to actually inquire about like what's going on? Because sometimes it was personal and it didn't have anything to do with work, but it was affecting work. Those conversations mattered a lot. And I was so scared to have them for such a long time. And it wound up being what brought me closer to them and what kind of catapulted them to be like, wow, okay, thank you. Thank you for asking me that. Thank you for calling that out, you know? And I wish that I would have known that. Yes. Oh, oh, you're like speaking to my own heart right now. Cause like, let me let y'all know. Y'all know I'm an academic, you know, I'm a researcher, all of those things. But what she is saying right now is so true because to we all know like logically that it's going to come up and we may, you may even be like me and like read books on it ahead of time and like all of those very <laughs> nerdy things, but we're all terrified in the moment to start having those difficult conversations until we're experienced in it. Like it's scary. I've been scared. You just said you've been scared. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. We all face that fear. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you think about it, like, you know, it's like a little work family. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. if you, what remains unspoken just eats away at you. It eats away at the team and it just be that silence and that unaddressed issue or unspoken issue becomes louder and it starts to permeate through everything. So you're not doing anybody, you know, any favors by not bringing it up and you can do so in a way that is thoughtful, but it's so important and you'll actually start to become less afraid of that. And I wish I had known that sooner that that was actually going to help so much. (laughs) And I would have done it sooner. Oh, God, yes. So I'm curious, right? Have you ever had to have one of these conversations with uh, a team member who was like 13 hours away or five hours away or anything like that? Oh, man. Yeah. And like, what was the technology? Like, how did you handle that? Like, paint the picture for us. Yeah. So um, 
this was me, you know, being back in California um, and mm-hmm. having a team in London. Well, three of them there. One was in India. One was in Birmingham. One, three were in London. And I actually hired a manager to take over like the project management and the day-to-day people management because I said, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to be in. It's almost like hiring an operations manager, right? Yeah. Um, so he reported to me, but then everyone was going to report to him because I said, you know, I just don't want to be responsible for everybody and be everybody's go-to person. Like six people and me, it's just, it was a lot with eight time zones between us. So I hired a manager and he just was more of a, and he would even use this word. So it's not even mean, but like, he's like more of like a dictator, like, all right, here's what you do. And it was just very cold. And I remember being like, he's getting stuff done, but he's also, the effect on the team was harsh. And so I actually had to have a conversation with him beforehand to say, listen, I almost said his name, which I'm not going to (laughs) say. I had to just be like, listen, I don't want to point like fingers. I don't want to say, oh, people have been talking about you. But I was like, we, here's what you've been doing. That is great. I I fully respect this. I see this. This has been great. I opened with what he did. And then I was like, but I want to have a conversation about your leadership and you as a manager. So I was super upfront and we set aside time where he was not blindsided. He knew that what he was doing well. And then I asked him to tell me before we come to this meeting, can you just answer these questions and kind of tell me? where you're struggling, where do you see that you can be better? What are some things you've maybe been nervous about bringing to my attention that you haven't spoken to me about? There's something. So tell me what it is, because I want us to, you know, be able to come into this call and just be super, super candid and have a conversation. And my goal in this call is to help you become the best leader that you can be for this team. It's not to scold you. I really just want to understand what's going on. So we did this call where basically I asked, I had, I asked him questions first to kind of find out what was going on there before me saying, you're doing this. Because if I'm not asking him, then I may not see that that's part of one story. I might not understand what he's struggling with. And I had to look at him in the face and was like, okay, let's go through this. And It was a difficult conversation, but at the end, he's like, you know, nope, I fully see that. He's like, I I know I really do struggle with this. Thank you for bringing this up. He's like, if there's one thing is that I feel like people are always afraid to talk to me and I know I'm not the most approachable person, but I really appreciate you bringing this up, you know, and we set specific milestones of, you know, hey, I want to be able to step back. People need to feel that they can come to you. You have the being approachable is so important. I need to trust you to be approachable. How can I support you in this? but this is what I expect from you. And the face-to-face was there and it was an uncomfortable conversation, but we we did have that kind of preliminary dialogue ahead of time. So I asked him questions. So I knew what he thought first, and then we actually set specific action items. And then I, we talked about how I was going to support him in that moving forward, but oof, it was hard because mm. <laughs> it's hard when it's intangible, but it's like, mm, yeah, it's your leadership skills, bro. Like this is, this is really hard and it's, and it's affecting the team in this way. And how do you protect the confidentiality of certain, you know, bits of information you may have been given without being overly specific in a small team where he can probably guess, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. That was just, that was a challenge. One of the probably harder conversations that I've ever had. And I had to have it multiple times, unfortunately, but, and sometimes you have to do that. Um, you know, but that's, that's where that one was, but a lot of it, it was, is just, having that two-way dialogue, seeing what they think is the problem, where they are struggling, and then you can kind of come in and say, here's what I see. Yes. And let me just point this out to those who missed it. We're not going to gloss over this. She did that on video chat. Am Mm -hmm. I right? I heard the word face-to-face. Oh, yeah. Mm. It had to be face-to-face. You cannot. Mm. The more sensitive, (laughs) the more sensitive the communication 
the more personal the form of delivery should be. Um, and there was a, it was less personal when I sent him questions, but when we're going to talk about the answers to the questions, I want to see you. And that, that I, I couldn't not, because there's certain things that if you were to read it, it sounds really harsh. And I'm like, we need to have a dialogue, but I had to look at him face to face for that, for that harsh conversation, you know, that, that difficult conversation to have for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I agree wholeheartedly. I just couldn't let anybody listen and skip over that, <laughs> that little tidbit. Yes. Like do not send somebody a wall of text telling them what you're unhappy with. Like, please don't. Oh do my that. God. Please don't. <laughs> I'm like, and I've seen it happen. We've all seen it. Please don't do that. <laughs> it is so disheartening too, because the thing is, as well, you always have to ask yourself, how could I be possibly misinterpreting the situation? What information might I be missing? And what stories might I be telling myself? So when you immediately go and you tell somebody about themselves without actually talking to them, you're probably missing something. Even if mm-hmm. they still need to be told what they need to be told, at least you can do that from a place of they th- you understand what they think is happening. So please don't send somebody a wall of text. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Yes. <laughs> Guys, just remember like when we text when we text fight back when we used to do that before oh. we learned, it was terrible. So like mm-hmm. let's not bring that into our business cuz email no. is the same as having a text fight, okay? Yes, it is. No <laughs> one is like, "Oh my god, that's great. I totally get it. I'm going to do better from now on." Like, no, it sounds really bad. Like, don't it don't do it. Sounds so mean. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm like, "You can what are you going to do? Like put a smiley face at the end of it and like then no, you really really need to, I, and I want to know, do you hear me? Like, do you understand? Are we understanding each other? I want to see their body language. Like all of that is important. All of that is important. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> we could, we could literally keep going, but I want to hear about you. I want to hear just like about everything you've got going on. What are you excited about? Just give us those goods before we wrap up. Yes. So I'm most excited now about just going into scaling my business, which you would think that I've already done this. But to be honest, because I have been leading people for five years, when I started my online business, I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to like, I don't want to have a team. (laughs) I'm just going to grow as fast as I can grow myself. I don't want to like worry about assigning a sign of task. And now I'm like, okay, I think I need a little bit of help. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just started with that, like bringing, um, bringing an OBM on board. I literally just um, hired uh, yesterday. Like I just had someone start with me yesterday because I knew that I was falling behind on my content. So I'm excited what that's going to allow me to do to show up bigger and start thinking about my group program, which I know that purpose-driven brands are going to be part of it, but so are leadership. So is leadership because I think that so often we focus on like hitting metrics and targets and all of that, but what's going to carry you forward, whether it's in your career or whether it's in your business is how to be an effective leader. And I know that that's not something that's spoken about as much. And I'm thinking, how can I, you know, how can I bring something different into this industry that not everyone is talking about? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think about that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to scale. I'm excited to, you know, start to show up in a bigger way. Love it. So as you show up in that bigger way, where can everybody find you? Where they where can they connect with you? Yes. So you can connect with me on Instagram. So I am Mariella Delamora. Um, you will find me on there. It's just Mariella.delamora on Instagram. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. My nerd brain was really excited the whole freaking time. All things leadership, <laughs> leading teams, time zones, everything. Oh my God, it was amazing. Yeah, this is not the thing that you can talk about at a cocktail party most of the time without people walking away from you. So I totally appreciate that we could talk about that today. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure we will be continuing the conversation another time. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl. Yes, I absolutely loved this.